This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. I'm with Dan Barrett. We're in at Fetch TV and we've got the Chief Executive Officer, Scott Lawson. Welcome, Scott. Good day. Good morning. Good to see you. Um, interesting times in the, um, what do we call it? Now, you're, are you a broadcast platform? You're not a, or you're an on-demand? What, what do you call yourself, <laughs> you guys? No, we, we are a broad, we're a pay TV platform is what we call ourselves. And uh, yes, we, we from, a, from a legal perspective, we hold broadcast licenses. So we're, we're governed the same way as Foxtel or others. But we're trying to create an ecosystem, a user experience that brings everything into one place. So platform's probably the best way to describe that. Just, you, sorry, do you actually require a broadcast license to operate what you're doing in Australia? So, I mean, I'm thinking about something like Netflix, which don't. So, like, what's the difference? Like, how does that sit? Yeah, look, I think um, there's some very gray areas in terms of ACMA and how that is covered. Um, we do multicast and unicast. So that is one of the reasons that we hold the broadcast licenses because because it's a closed network mm. delivery. Obviously, we do um, linear... Uh, very technical question. I think we'll use the whole half an hour if I go down that path. Okay. But uh, okay. we are we hold ourselves to the higher standard on things like closed captioning, um, in terms of classification, regulations, etc. Fantastic. Give us a quick recap of the company. How how long's it been around, and, and what's the ownership structure? You seem to be embedded pretty deep with Optus. Are there any sort of links there, business wise as well? Yeah. So the business has been going for seven years, uh, founded by two Australian gentlemen. Um, I joined the company when we were eight employees, and we're now about 120. Um, the product has really been in the market for about four years, but I think we hit the hard launch phase, I would say, really last January. So, um, you know, different phases for any startup. Yeah. Reasonably new. Um, we don't call ourselves a startup because we're actually profitable, and I think we the statute of limitations is passed as well. Um, we're owned 75% by Astro Overseas Limited, which is a very, very large um, the, the group owns a range of telco and pay TV assets in Malaysia, in Sri Lanka. We have a joint venture with Saudi Telecom. We own a, a range of production houses and content assets in Asia. Um, and then Fetch's mandate was to expand into Australia, New Zealand, Pacific Islands, and also potentially be a content or a technology incubator for the group companies as well. Yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of, uh, you mentioned the sort of overseas in terms of production houses and that sort of thing. Uh, you do carry a few interesting packs on Fetch TV, so you can get your base level pack, but if I'm speaking, you know, various languages, whatever it might be, um, I can access that content as linear streaming channels, but you don't really have much of that content in terms of on-demand. Is that an area you guys are interested in maybe exploring? Well, it's interesting when we say on-demand because there's lots of different variants. So if we're talking about um, movie rental, transactional mm -hmm. movies, we have a deal with every studio um, we get all the latest movies, be they Star Wars or Gravity or Joy Today, etc. So we, you can view us as an equivalent of an iTunes from a transactional rental. We also support the purchase model. Um, when you're talking about TV shows, we do a lot of on-demand, what's called EST, electronic sell-through. Um, so you can go in and buy seasons one to five of Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or Vinyl. Um, so again, similar transactionally to it, iTunes. From an on-demand SVOD perspective, we just choose to integrate the third-party services. So we have Netflix integrated, we have Stan integrated, um, we're in discussions with Presto, and I think it'd be a realistic expectation that they would be on the platform. Um, when you're talking about AVOD, which is advertising-supported VOD, we've integrated four of the five free-to-airs with the fifth about to join. Um, 
and then we also have YouTube and others. So we look at the ecosystem of content and we will aggregate, we will acquire and deliver things under the Fetch brand, like a linear channel. Um, we'll do that ourselves. But if there's someone doing it well already, our approach is just to integrate their service into a single remote, a single interface, and hopefully a single bill. The other part of on-demand is that people often forget about is just having a PVR, personal video recorder. So our service includes a one terabyte hard drive. Our customers on average record over 100 shows per month, and they're viewing over 40 shows a month. Um, where they are technically taking My Kitchen Rules or Top Gear or whatever the show on free to air and watching it on an on-demand basis. So short answer to your question is I think we probably have more on-demand programming than any other platform, or I'm certain we have more on-demand programming than any other platform in Australia, but we tend to do it through integration of third-party services or do use of the PVR. Yeah, I was sort of thinking, I, it was probably a bit early in the conversation, so I threw this question out. <laughs> um, but just in terms of, you do have foreign language packs on there, but it's all very English language based, your on-demand content. Like, is there much demand, really, to have um, Mandarin language on-demand stuff okay. being okay. sold through? I'm just thinking, I'll walk down to Chinatown, I'll see all the DVD stores selling all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So there's obviously a market, there's a hunger for that sort of content. Yeah, look, um, so there's an enormous appetite for foreign language channels and absolutely we intend to be the provider of platform of choice for all of the major communities be they Mandarin, Cantonese, Hindi, Tamil, Urdu, Punjabi, Vietnamese, Pinoy, what, what, what have you. Um, we tend to service those markets currently with linear channels so our Hindi pack will be expanding to 28 linear channels on May 1st mm. um, and again with the PVR the customer can go in there and record anything you like. The pricing of that will be $15 um, and if we were trying to acquire the content that's on those 28 channels on an on-demand basis, we would never be able to charge $15. So sometimes it's more we're able to develop, deliver better value and better programming by offering linear channels with the ability to time shift them than trying to assemble thousands and thousands of hours of on-demand programming. Now, there are starting to be some services emerging overseas that are sort of trying to be the Netflix of different foreign language communities. And as those become credible and have compelling content, then we absolutely would take the same approach with them as we have with Netflix or Stan or potentially Presto and just simply integrate them into the platform. Yeah. Um, and competitive services that are also doing electronic sell-through, so like maybe like a Dendi Direct or something, do they have a place on Fetch TV or is that sort of too blurred in terms of what you're doing? Uh, look, I think there would be a 100% overlap between what they do and what we do. Mm. Um, you know, I think we've got far greater scale and capabilities so if we're doing something really well then we we don't need to work with a third-party aggregator um, and I think our volumes in TVOD and EST would be top four in the market already yeah. so that that's a space that we tend to carve out and say we can do that cost effectively and create compelling um, options for the customer without the help of a third party is the major shareholder a public company at all or is it privately held yeah. Um, privately held. Okay, so you you don't really have to report. So I'll ask you this then: What can you tell us about your? Do you reveal anything like average return per user, total numbers, stuff like that? Yeah, ironically, for a private company that has no reporting obligations, we tend to be the most transparent <laughs> in terms of talking about our numbers. Um, you know, and I think people who work in the industry, everyone sort of knows where everyone else is anyway. Mm -hmm. um, couple sound bites I'll give you on numbers. Um, I mentioned earlier we're profitable. 
um, it's pretty exciting to, um, and our trajectory is, is very strong in terms of the profit. Um, I think reinvesting of retained earnings into content is probably gonna be the strategy going forward for a while. Um, in terms of subscribers, last year we started 2015 with 150,000 subscribers and we ended um, about 200 short of 300,000. I'm gonna have to talk to someone because <laughs> I didn't quite get my sound bite. Mm -hmm. So we doubled last year from 150 to 300. Um, we started this year and said, look, outside chance we double again to something like 600, but 500 would probably be more realistic. Based on our trajectory so far this year, I think 600,000 is definitely in play. And I would not be surprised if by the end of the year, we are the second largest pay TV platform that Australia has ever had, bigger than Optus Vision ever got, bigger than Allstar ever got. And clearly we have aspirations to get to a million and past a million. And there is no reason to believe based on our momentum, our plans, our partnerships, that that's not a eminently achievable result. How much of that is linked directly to Optus customers and the deal you have with them? Yeah. Can, can you sort of separate that out and then people who subscribe direct, I guess, with you? Do you okay. Well, so um, just on in terms of our ISP relationship, we, we have two ways to market. One is we're a B2B company. We are a partner of a range of ISPs, Optus being the most significant. Um, but also customers can have a direct relationship with Fetch, walk into Harvey Norman, um, we'll be expanding to other d retailers very shortly and purchase the box without a telco. So we support a direct B2C, walk into a retailer, buy the box, have a billing relationship with Fetch, plug it in whether you're a Telstra customer or what have you. Um, but principally we're in business to support um, the major ISPs, not called Telstra. Um, <laughs> um, and just the only reason I, I, I say that is Telstra has a 50% ownership in Foxtel. I think those two groups are well spoken for in terms of their media strategies. Um, but we have a very, very successful partnership with Optus. We have a partnership with iNet. We have a partnership with M2 through the Dodo brand and potentially Primus brand. And we get approaches every day from, you know, anyone who wants to play in the ISP space on the NBN or before, recognizes that they need an entertainment proposition as part of that. Um, we're able to give them a go-to-market strategy that we think is more compelling than the incumbents offer. And just for for a, a significant proportion of the population. And just on the average spend of your customer, I mean, if you don't want to reveal that, I mean, it's tell, funny, talk to uh, us about your pricing. So Yeah, look, you know. it's, it's a really, really hard answer, a question to answer externally and also internally. Mm -hmm. The way that the services tends to be sold to the end customer is as part of a bundle. So if you call Optus and you say, and you get a $95 home broadband bundle that comes with unlimited broadband, your home phone, the Fetch TV service, and in that case, our first 35 channel pack. Um, what value do you attribute of the 95 to Fetch? It's a hard yeah. question to answer. It's a wholesale mechanic sure. that's not visible to the customer. If a customer were to, to buy Fetch as a standalone service, they'd be paying $15 a month to, to an ISP for the core service, which includes the free box. And then the 35 channel pack would be $15 again on top of that. Uh, an ethnic pack, as I mentioned, 28 Indian channel, Hindi, Punjabi, Udi channels would be $15. You know, you've got movie rentals, et cetera. In terms of the average customer, and I'm giving yeah. you a long answer to this one, <laughs> but um, it's quite interesting. We have entirely different profiles within the base. We have customers that simply use Fetch to consume free content, be it free-to-air, catch-up services, 
YouTube, use the PBR, et cetera. And we have others who take who use everything. They they get Netflix, they get Stan, they take the the, the entertainment pack, they transact and buy movies, they buy box sets. So we literally have very very different profiles within the base, and I think that's the beauty beauty of an ecosystem platform is you can be all things to all people. People who want to spend a lot of money in entertainment can find everything they want to acquire. People who don't wish to spend any money can get a lot of utility without that. So again, I, I sound evasive, but um, we, we certainly, in the customer's eyes, are perceived as a much more accessible product than Foxtel. Um, and we're not going after existing Foxtel customers. We're going after the people, the six and a half million homes in Australia, that after 20 years have elected that that's not the right proposition for them. They tend to be pretty happy with the free-to-air proposition. They might be using Netflix or downloading some movies or doing a range of things. What we, we do is give them a single platform that makes it all easy to do in one place. So your nonstop 24-hour access. And I can't overemphasize how easy it is to understand what the majority of people want mm. and how few people deliver it. Because if you talk to customers in focus groups, they simply say, I love all these options, but I'm getting frustrated with all the billion relationships, all the different devices, all the different remotes. I wish someone could actually just pull it all together in one place. I plug one set-top box into my TV, I have one remote control, and I can watch Freed Air, rent a movie, watch Netflix, buy Game of Thrones, use, a fr use iView for Peppa Pig. I can, the kids can play with YouTube. All of those things without wires, cords, remotes, and movement. That's, that's who we are. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in terms of that level of access, so while people can access all that content, uh, Fetch to me still seems very much like a hardware play. So without that Fetch, like, uh, Fetch TV box, you're not able to access that content. Have you got sort of ambitions to move more into that mobile space and actually provide sort of greater access across devices to be able to access things that have been purchased or yeah. watched throughout the home? So I'll, I'll sort of two, two ways to respond to that. Um, there is two strategies in terms of people distributing content. One is you try to actually have a set-top box or a dongle or a, a puck or what have you. And by doing so, you have a capital cost, you've got an installation process, et cetera, but you're able to have a uniform customer experience. You're able to really control what that is. And the, the software and hardware is all in one family and you can innovate fairly quickly. The other is a lot of companies choose to avoid the set-top box and they try to get on the gaming consoles and the connected TVs and the Chromecast and the Apple TVs. And, and there is a, the challenge with that model is you're supporting all sorts of different devices. All of them have different software and different hardware specs. Therefore, the user experience is very different. It's a very costly way. And um, we're not comfortable that we can deliver the user experience we want in that environment. So we have very much focused first and foremost on the living room TV, the 10-foot experience, and a consistent user experience. Um, we do offer currently companion apps. So if you download on iOS or Android your phone, tablet, et cetera, and we'll expand that to PC, you can enjoy the same experience in your living room that you're, you are enjoying in your living room on the go, on your mobile tablet, et cetera. And that's absolutely critical, the three-screen experience that's that has an anchor in the set-top box in the living room is something we believe very strongly about. We are now very seriously looking at mobile-only propositions where you don't need the set-top box. Whether that's really just to create greater access and awareness 
and people eventually trade up to the set-top box. That's certainly one approach. But there's no doubt there are people that don't have fixed-line broadband, maybe don't even have a TV, and are looking for more mobility. We will be able to service those people this year. And, um, but in saying so, we will not be the guys that are trying to add a widget to your connected TV. That's not our DNA or our religion. But um, you talked about your audience growth. Um, I'm guessing a lot of that will come when the Premier League, uh, excuse the pun, kicks in, kicks off. James, you should uh, be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, later this year, just tell us a bit and, of the background. Who's, who's your team, James? Don't don't have one, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. um, but um, <laughs> tell us tell us a little bit about the background of that deal and your involvement with that. Yeah. Um, look, it's interesting. For our partners, we tend to do. Um, the hardware development, the software, and the content aggregation. So we go out and source that. In the, in the case of the EPL, um, Optus, who we have a very strong partnership with, said, look, we don't want that to be a fetch asset. We want that to be an exclusive value add for Optus customers. So the deal was done by them. Um, it, is it will be available on Fetch TV, as they've announced, for Optus customers. So mm -hmm. if you get your Fetch TV from Optus, then you'll have access. They haven't announced pricing, and again, that's their. Yeah, yeah. Um, they will, I'm sure, be communicating all those plans. Um, but there are three ways that we get content. Either we go out and acquire the content ourselves, and that might be, for example, we just launched the Comedy Central channel. Um, last year, we launched all the BBC channels, including BBC First or an MTV or Nat Geo, ESPN, Disney, those sort of things. We do those ourselves. Um, then you might read in the market that Stan, for example, has done a deal with Showtime and will have all those attractive assets in time. Um, because Stan is on our platform, we benefit indirectly, our customers do, from Stan making that investment. And then the EPL example is one where one of our distribution partners has gone out and made that kind of material investment. Um, so again, it's about being a part of an ecosystem. We do a lot of the heavy lifting on content, but we do benefit if Netflix is going to go and create a, a great new show, our customers will have access to that. If Stan buys more content, that's great. If Presto buys more, that's fantastic. And if one of our distribution partners chooses to make a major investment, then we're ecstatic. So, Can I stand on Netflix customers subscribe through uh, Fetch? Or do they have to, is it just purely for login experience through Fetch? Yeah, um, good question. So in the case of Netflix, yes, a new customer, you can either, if you're an existing customer, just enter your username and password. If you're a new customer, you can actually sign up through the Fetch interface. Um, with Stan, you do need your username and, and password, but we, we're working with Stan and we'll catch up and have the sign up experience with them. Um, so our intention with the third party services is to support, um, bring your own password and username. You're already paying, just log in. Mm sign up through us if you don't have that, that sort of relationship. And in most cases, over the next 12 months, we'll get to carrier billing, which allows you to integrate all of the bill, all of those charges onto a single bill. Um, and people are very conscious of losing control over direct debits and all these different billing relationships. Having one itemized bill for all of your entertainment and telco is an enormous convenience and it gives a lot of peace of mind. So that's something we'll do as well. Yeah. Peace of mind for the consumer. Suddenly, I'm thinking about all these things I do subscribe to. Where if the reality was confronted to me, that you know there might be a few services lost. Hey, and, and you know our approach is you can try to hide things or be dishonest or um, you know, but I think consumers appreciate transparency, honesty, and whether that's how we present things on the interface, what's free, what's paid, or just giving you that single itemized bill. 
we're all in favor of giving the customer the, the information and letting them make the decisions they need to make. Will you always be a, a, a platform for other people's content? Could there ever be the day where you'd have a, I don't know, a fetch premium channel, for example, where you will actually either buy particular shows or maybe even commission something? Yeah, look, so um, absolutely. Um, I think we have very concrete plans to start launch aggregating some channels ourselves. You know, to date, there's so many good third-party channels out there. Like I mentioned, Nat Geo, or as I said, you go to E or the Universal Channel, et cetera, ESPN, where we like their brand, we like their content, we like their presentation, and we just do that. There are other channels, general entertainment, if you're watching, you know, those kind of shows, particularly with reruns and things, where we can easily compile those kind of channels. Um, so we tend to partner, we tend to leverage the third-party brands, but there are, we can see a few clear opportunities to compile our own channels. And we will be in TV production at some point as well. We'll be commissioning our own work. I think a, a, a good way to visualize us, and it's probably a corny analogy, but I'm famous for them. So, <laughs> uh, you know, think of us as a supermarket. We do want to be the one-stop shop that you get everything. And whether that be your frozen food, your, your produce, your bakery, your the meat and poultry, um, alcohol, whatever. Um, and we look at that world and we say, there are things that we can do really well, and that might be the canned goods and the produce and the bakery, et cetera, but maybe the butcher, we think that someone else does better than we do. We're very happy to invite a third party into our supermarket. We wanna fulfill all the needs, but we don't necessarily need to do everything ourselves. I, I probably picked the butcher because it's a bit of a bloody business, and in the case of the SVOD, that's a place we decided there was a lot of money to be lost, and there was a huge investment required, and people did it really well. So it's a, it's a beautiful example of where you get clever and simply integrate a third-party service. But I would say 80% of content we will be the aggregator for and eventually the commissioner of some of that content as well. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the areas where you already are sort of actually going out there and actively getting the content yourself is you've got this service called Movie Box, yeah, yeah. which is, I think, 30 free movies for Fetch subscribers through it. Now, I'm a Fetch customer, and one of my big frustrations with the service is this one linear channel you've got there called Movies Now Showing, yeah. which are just trailers for movies that I could be watching. Is there a possibility of maybe taking those 30 films and just having it as a linear channel? Um, it's a really interesting question. I think um, when we talk about linear versus on-demand, um, our experience has been that movies just are perfectly they, um, appropriate for an on-demand experience. You know, if you if you got a two-hour movie on average length, the chances that you're going to join, you know, if it's a Seinfeld or a Friends, you can kind of join anywhere and maybe there's a programming block. Um, but our experience has been that most people who watch movies prefer to do so on an on-demand basis. Um, we are talking this to the range of studios about a line linear movie service, mm. but... If we did that, we would also make each of those assets available on demand as well be, to cater for the preferred viewing. Um, interesting you mentioned Movie Box. It, it is a free part of the service. We offer 30 free. They tend to be library movies. You know, you might get a Pulp Fiction or a Thelma Louise or I think uh, Zero Dark Thirties up there this month, those kind yeah, of. Yeah, which I was watching the other night. Yeah, because it's great. Yeah, it's great. Cheap sky. <laughs> But look, if, if, you're, if you're keen to watch the latest Star Wars or whatever, that's in the store for rental or purchase. Um, mm. And what we have found is a lot of people for the library content do use Stan or Netflix or the SVOD services, which cater to that viewing pretty well as well. Um, are there programming gaps that 
you know, that you would like to fill, like content areas that you think to round out your offering you need to have a bigger presence? I'm, I'm guessing maybe is sport one of those? Will the Premier League help that? You used to have a deal with Fox Sports for the news channel. Do you still carry that? Yeah. So we, we don't carry Fox Sports News. We have the two ESPNs. Did you used to have it? We, we had it many years. I think yeah, it's been okay. three years since we, we carried that. Um, so from a sports perspective, we'll have the EPO offering. We have BN Sports. Um, we have the two ESPNs, et cetera. But I think it's important to always take a step back and say, what are we trying to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a sports fanatic, particularly Australian sports, and you're prepared to pay a premium for that service, um, you, you likely have Foxtel right now. And we didn't start this business to try to go after the 2.5 or the 2 million who might have the sports pack on Foxtel. We looked at the 7 million who don't and said, you know what, free-to-air uh, coverage of sports in this market is fantastic. Um, a lot of people are very happy. I'm a Sydney Swan supporter. I get all of the games live if I'm not at them. Um, but if you want to watch the Wimbledon final or the, the Masters, the Melbourne Cup, the, you know, on and on and on. So the market we were going for were the people that are pretty happy with the free-to-air coverage of sports, but they, they were looking for to augment that experience, and that's our focus. Um, over the last few years, we have been able to fill a lot of holes. For example, we didn't have a lot of lifestyle content a year ago, mm-hmm. and we did a deal with scripts, so we now have the Food Network, um, the House and HGTV, the House and Garden TV. Those are the two most popular international and that's Food Network Asia, not Food Network Australia? Correct. The Food Network with SBS is slightly different. Mm. It's also with scripts, but shows different programming. And then we have the Travel Channel. Um, we didn't have great British content, so we went out and did a deal with BBC where we have UK TV, we have BBC Knowledge, and we have BBC First and BBC News. Um, so, you know, when we started off, we had a great kids offering both Nickelodeon and both Disney channels, and we're augmenting that. So, look, we're always looking to improve things but we always start with the premise that there is a lot of good content on free to air particularly if you have a PVR and you can go in there and record your favorite shows and we're not trying to be big pay TV we're not trying to get the hundredth dollar out of the household we're trying to just provide a service that possibly gets the first dollar and so look EPL will be great because it marries perfectly with our British and our Asian channels etc British content and Asian channels Um, it does tick a box for those sports fans and the fact that we have BN Sports with the Champions League as well gives us a really really well-rounded sports offering but if you're a diehard NRL fan and you probably will need Foxtel um, unless you maybe live in Brisbane and all the games are on free to air etc so not trying to be all things to all people but the, the that 7 million homes is a pretty big market that we think we can service better than the incumbents yeah um Given your major shareholders based offshore, would you like to see that fetch brand travel? Could it? Is there rights minefields? What sort of things would you have to get over to to spread your brand? Look, I think as as a company, we have serious aspirations to expand overseas. What brand we use really depends on who our partner is going to be in each country. Uh, For example, we've built a lot of the technology that's deployed by Astro Malaysia, um, one of our partners. Um, so we, when we have discussions, or, or, or we're having a lot of discussions with overseas players. They have an enormous interest in our platform, the hardware, the software, the user exp- UI, um, the economics that we're able to produce that on. 
Some of them have their own content assets and they're just looking at us as a platform. Some of them are actually saying, hey, what you do for the telcos in Australia where you actually bring the content as well is something we really need help with. Um, if it's a telco partner, they may wish to use their telco brand. Um, interestingly, a lot of them really like the Fetch brand and the marketing assets that we create. So I think, you know, if we're talking again in 12 months, we'll probably have one or two markets that we've deployed in to talk to you about. And I think that each of those models will probably look a little bit different. It's fascinating watching the sort of that um, on-demand and broadcast platforms expand into Asia. And I'm, I think Mark Britt's taking um, yeah. iFlix into Indonesia, and he called it this week the world's most important market because there's a lot of people there, right? <laughs> there's a lot of people there. So if you can get them subscribing, and that's, you know, a lot of people know Mark from his time in Sydney, of course. Yeah. Um, and is it Hook, another one? Hook, Hook? which is a Singtel... Um, so there's a partnership there, is there yeah. with Singtel? Yeah, well, that's sort of another one. Um, so it's it's not an easy market to get into. And of course, Netflix is trying really hard with different levels of success across yeah. parts of Asia. Well, I think the, the thing that our parent knows from their experience and we know is uh, expansion into Asia is all about partnership. If you're going to go at it alone and you're not called Netflix, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> um, and even the iFlixes of the world have serious telco backing in in mark's case i think he's got a lot of money from the filipino um, incumbent mm -hmm. um, so we absolutely believe that the telcos are the key to the future of entertainment distribution um, they have the economics they have the customer relationships they have the networks so a pure ott play is of no interest to us mm -hmm deep partnerships with telcos where we're leveraging their organizational capabilities, their brand, their customer base, their economics, and our suite of capabilities. It's a pretty attractive marriage. And um, There's some left with who aren't in partnerships, or could this be secondary partnerships? Well, interestingly, I guess if you look at um, our group, so we, we're involved with Sri Lanka Telecom, we're involved in the Middle East with Saudi Telecom, we're, we have Astromaxis in Malaysia, a range of group sister companies, I would call them. So we have a lot of these relationships in train through the, the group. Um, but there are telco groups. You know, Optus is a big partner here. Singtel owns telcos in Thailand, Indonesia, uh, the Philippines, India, et cetera. So we, we have conversations and we get approached by not just individual country operators, but um, broader groups. Um, I just use those two as examples of not specifics specifically referencing them, but as examples of the types of people that might approach us. There aren't a lot of players in the world that do what we do. Um, they tend to be pure set-top box manufacturers, pure software plays, pure UI de designers, mm. or pure content aggregators. The number of times we've had international visitors try to p pigeonhole us and say, you're a bit like, and at the end of the conversations, they inevitably say, I'm not aware of any company in the world that does the vertical integration that you guys do. Um, so I think there are plenty of solid partners in Asia and broader, broadly internationally that would value a partnership with a company like Fetch. Yeah. Uh, when I sort of think about Fetch, I do think of it as largely still a free-to-wear linear sort of a model to an extent. So your free-to-wear channels are kind of like the foundation and then you've got the additional sort of channels coming through after that. And to me, part of that means that still live TV is a big part of the Fetch TV experience. Yeah. So I sort of look at the things, and the things that work obviously very well for live TV is sports, which you know we've already talked about that with ESPN and EPL coming soon. 
But news is an area on the platform which seems a little bit underserved. So you've got BBC World News, but that's kind of it. Like, is there much of an idea to expand out in that sort of an area? Let me take this and let me answer this in two ways. Um, first of all, you know, I think there's a misconception. We all work in the media and we're all sophisticated technology users and, and we're time poor and probably do a lot of on-demand viewing. You know, it's important to correct the misconception. Even when you give people access to Netflix, Stan, Presto, on-demand, PVR, etc., at any time of the night or the day, 75% of viewing is still live. At any time of the day, not just when there's a sporting event or news, etc. It continues to be the default behavior for a lot of people. Um, and you know, ignore that at your peril, I guess would be a, a first message. So we, we don't try to place a vote on whether people do on-demand or live linear. We just try to provide all and let them choose the, the behavior that's right for them. Except for um, movie box. No, no, sorry, we, we provide all these things. Oh, I was just saying that's on demand, it's not linear. Sorry, I'm just having a go. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. Um, so, look, we, we um, and I think you all had access to our ratings app, and we look at behavior all the time. We look at the pie chart, and we just see that, you know, people do use all, all things available to them. In terms of news, again, we're not trying to compete with the free airs. So when we say, hey, um, you look underweight on news. Well, there's ABC News 24, 24 7 news channel. If you turn on the TV at any time of the day, morning, midday, or afternoon, 7, 9, and 10 mm. are doing a considerable amount of news. If you have a PVR and the catch up services, you can watch any of the broadcasts throughout the day. So we think that domestic news is well covered by the free airs. Where we look to add value is then in international news. So you mentioned BBC World News. Um, we're talking to one of the other majors now. But we carry um, Euronews, we carry France 24, we carry NDTV News from um, India, we carry CCTV News out of China, Channel News Asia. So we carry Al Jazeera, Bloomberg, and CBN, CNBC. So, you know, we, I actually think that we have a very I, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a really Isn't interesting Isn't that enough for you, Dan Barrett? I'm walking out now. Because <laughs> with, with, with James in the room, you have to say, well, you don't carry Sky News. And yeah. so, look, we could carry Sky News. and Sky Business. Sky Business. Mm. It's just a question of, you know, is, is that content and that price that we would have to pay and charge yeah. the best use of our funds? It's a legitimate question. We take is a lot of Is that a conversation you're even able to have? Like, are Sky News actually able to shift to a platform like yours? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, all of these entities we, that, um, so some content tends to be exclusive to Foxtel, and if that sort of arrangement is in place, then obviously we're precluded from that discussion. But a channel like Sky News, you can get it on your Samsung TV, I believe, and it's been on other platforms, Transact and others. And so using an example like Sky News or any other, then you can assume that they can talk to us, we can talk to them. Mm. But we're not trying to put together a $50 pack. We're not trying. We're, we know that the, the appetite for that is not high, so we're trying to find something that you know ticks enough boxes for enough people at the right price, and that's where you go out and get you know, big brands like some of the ones I've mentioned already. Um, one of the last ones from me. Just to, you've mentioned Foxtel a couple of times. The do you think because you you be an observer, you know, um, I'm not asking you to tell them how to run their business, but they. They're, some of their partners seem to be a little nervous about the future of what is at the moment, I think, Australia's most profitable media companies. Yep. And do you think they're right to be concerned, you know, that the way, the way they're set up at the moment? Look, I, 
I think without referencing Foxtel, I think if you look at the incumbent operators in the world, we're going through a period of technology change. We're going through a period of business model change, proliferation, um, you know, fast broadband networks and LTE mobile networks and the, the emergence of companies like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO Go, et cetera. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of choice. And I think all incumbent operators are under a bit of attack. So, you know, I don't think Foxtel's situation in Australia is unique. It plays out in every market currently. You know, I think they've got very strong management and, and a, as you mentioned, make you know, very significant returns. Mm -hmm. So you, you wouldn't bet against them. But there's no question that companies like Fetch can leverage all these developments in the market and create a proposition for that's not necessarily going to appeal to a Foxtel customer, but the market that doesn't have Foxtel, I think, is wide open. And I, I think it's there. there's an opportunity for one or two credible companies to make a serious play in that space. And I believe we've met the, you know, we've hit, got to the starting line and, and are making good progress down the, down the track. Yeah. Uh, final one from me, just talking about the price sensitivity you offered in terms of the range of content you're able to offer on top. When I look at Fetch TV, it always reminds me, and this might just be a channel selection thing of what you're really offering, it reminds me a lot of Sling TV in the US where that's like a very sort of basic cable subscription where you get a certain number of cable channels for a fairly low entry price. That's all IPTV delivered, so it's slightly different. But in terms of that, one of the things that they do is they have a lot of uh, various general entertainment content add-ons. So while you do a lot of foreign language content add-ons, you don't really have much in terms of English languages, general entertainment stuff. So let's say hypothetically HBO decided they wanted to launch a HBO channel and bring HBO now or go to the local market. Would that be a conversation you'd be willing to have as a add-on package? Yeah. So look, um, I think people do like choice unbundling, as we call it, the ability mm. to choose what you want. And we would love to be able to offer them a range of selection. We actually have a few add-on channels now. You, if you're an equestrian lover, you can have horse and country. If you kid, gr kids grew up in the UK and they want CBs, BBs, you can have that. Be in sports, I mentioned previously. Um, one of the exciting things about getting the scale that we're getting now is often when you're a small company starting out and you've got 50,000 customers, it's hard to convince a content player that being an add-on is going to generate enough financial return for them to you know, invest in that platform. Our, our size now and our momentum has, has opened up a world of conversations in that space. And I think that our customers can absolutely expect to see a range of tiers and a la carte channels be added to the service over time. Um, absolutely a core, core approach, but you do need a degree of scale and momentum to attract the quality assets that people are interested in. Just just to wrap it up, just just take me through that um, the the price range so it can start from no extra charge for an Optus customer. Because you can't mark that as free, can you? You're not allowed to use that word. Look, I think the the word they use is included. Right. So if you go, you can't if you, call it free. If you call it. INET, um, it's, it's an interesting question. I, I think you can. So well, I know from your t you know from your time in magazines because <laughs> you used to. You couldn't say if a gift on the cover was free. Yeah. You always had to say, well, it's Included, a bonus, yeah. whatever, yeah. But the, the easiest way, I think people now get telco bundles. If you're moving house, mm. if you moved house, if you, if you change provider to save some money, um, et cetera, just moved into the country, yeah. you can call Dodo, you can call INET, you can call Optus. Okay. And the idea that you're going to buy a bundle of services is well understood. I think that's the easiest and 
um, way to understand how we're positioned. Okay. You, you know, I think listeners would be quite surprised at the number of bundles from the major telcos that include include Fetch TV. Okay. Um, and most of the higher end bundles tend to include Fetch TV plus a, a big channel pack, thirty five. So channels. my question is. What is the most I could pay? If I bought absolutely everything you had, what's the biggest monthly invoice I could run up? Um, well, I guess which, we, we have Which five, is a weird question, but we you have, must know the answer. We have over 5,000 movies, so... Uh, oh, no, I think okay. we without, can, without I think separate we... on-demand purchases, but <laughs> uh, as part of a say, subscription. What's, what's your credit card limit? Yeah, no, can, part, uh, as part of a subscription package. Look, I think for the core service, if you were buying it not as part of a bundle separately, you'd be looking at 15 and 15. That's $30 for the yeah. starter and the, and the pack. And then it's really down to, do you take foreign language packs or okay. add-on services? But it could get up there if you started buying everything. How many languages do you speak, James? Well, I'm just <laughs> thinking, you know. He likes his Korean drama. He likes the, uh, there's some Bollywood stuff. Do you know how see, many uh, options there are? How many different packs? Yeah. Oh, look, we have currently probably 20 plus wow. packs, but a lot mm. of those are foreign language. And, mm. you know, a, mm. a Korean audience or a Filipino audience tend yeah. to buy one pack. They don't yeah. tend to buy no. uh, <laughs> multiple packs. But again, you know, what we're saying to the user is, look, you can plug in one box into your TV, and no matter what you want to do, um, we intend to cater for the, the vast majority of, of viewing options. Um, we can't do everything all the time, but I think people would be quite surprised if they visited our website just how many, like I said, if you want to transact and you want to buy Game of Thrones or Vinyl or Walking Dead or Fear of the Walking Dead or Nashville, that's there. If you want the latest movie, that's there. If you want to go way back in time and get Ferris Bueller or Pretty in Pink, that's there. If you want to add Stan, if you want to watch YouTube, you know, um, even if you're a very sophisticated user and you use a media hub where you actually network the devices in your home and you want to watch something on your PC on the TV, we have a media hub as integrated into the service. Um, again, it has three screens, so if you actually want to watch the NBA game on the way to work, you can stream that live as well. So there's a lot there. Um, I'm really excited that there's a lot that doesn't cost money. Free to air, whether it's a movie box inclusion or whether that's the catch-up services, um, et cetera, there's so, and the ability to record. There is so much you can do before you spend your first cent. But if it's Friday night and you're ready to watch The Martian, there it is. Just let me lob one more quickly at you. Did you get out of the magazine business at the right time? <laughs> and did, and do you, or do you sit back now and think, gee whiz, look, they're letting this business just disappear, you know? Do you, do you think it's just... Oh, look, I, I was at ACP looking after the business as we entered the GFC. Um, so that was, you know, a time when if you're it in It affected a, everyone, though. Yeah, Not but you're, magazine. a magazine being a very discretionary purchase, mm -hmm. you know, a behavior would be you might buy two at the supermarket um, and then immediately the GFC comes. So you comes. think that it was a... a, a, a Confluence of things, yeah, so I think GFC, drive of digital. Um, cyclical periods tend to accelerate structural change, and you're seeing that. You know, I've seen a bit of that in free errors lately, etc. And so, look, there's no question that print needs to evolve. You know, I think those are great, great people in the organizations, both Pacific and ACP. But do you think um, there's a future titles. for them? Look, I think there's or a future for the, I think there's a future for the brands. You know, um, Women's Weekly. You know, um, Gourmet Traveler, you look at all the 
beautiful brands Special that Harper's Bazaar, but even even the core stuff, you know, why yeah. is it that OK or NW can't be a source of mm. celebrity gossip, et cetera? So, you know, I think um, I'm excited for Nick Chen. He's a, he's a good operator, and hopefully he'll go there and do a great job. But, um, th- yeah, you know, print, print is print. You have to evolve. And fortunately, in this iteration of my career, I'm swimming downstream rather than upstream. And, you know, not only are we growing as a company, but the industry we operate in is experiencing rapid growth. And that I, I must admit that's a bit fun. You threw a few big magazine events, uh, very memorable um, <laughs> events they were too, which I'm sure got the brands lots of publicity. Might that start to happen at Fetch when you get a certain you know size, or do you need to do that? You Look, know, I think you know within the media and the community, um, a lot of people who'd be listening to this would work in the media industry. We yes. we have a we're an incredibly transparent organization, and you'd be amazed at how many people we engage with regularly within the community. So we tend to do that rather than big parties and mm-hmm. you know, jump on the soapbox. I was careful not to call them parties because I, I didn't <laughs> want to create hey, the wrong... James, those were parties. Let's, <laughs> let's be clear. Let's be very clear. That Grazia launch that you like so much and that Rolling Stone one, those were parties. Um, I think what we tend to do, though, remember we tend to be a wholesaler. Mm. So, you know, we create a great capability, but our partners are the ones that take it to market publicly. Yeah. And using Optus and the EPL as an example, that's not going to be fetch, um, you know, doing a major event. We'll let... Alan Liu and his team make all the announcements, do all the celebrations. And we like being the quiet player behind that helps our partners succeed um, and a bit of a consumer champion. Yeah, yeah. Just quickly, I think the biggest party you ever threw was the the night you took over the Intercontinental. Remember that? Um, I do seem to remember something about uh, Ava Mendes being in town and and people, models coming down off. Was it Cosmo? I can't remember the actual brand. That was... um, that was well, anyway, 30 Days of Fashion and Beauty. That's right, the launch of that. And it was all the brands, wasn't it? All it the magazines. All the Started brands. downstairs, they took over the whole lobby, my, the whole bottom of the hotel, and it moved upstairs, took over the top of the hotel. Yeah, something happened to my photos in my house at that party. <laughs> I think my wife might have... <laughs> anyway. Wonderful stuff. James, we did have some fun back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you, and you sprung me doing a deal in Singapore, which I couldn't, I couldn't That's believe. That's right, the, yeah. The Grazia deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sh- shaking hands and toasting the, yeah. the company, well, I, and James... I haven't seen any sort of uh, other executives hanging around here today. Yeah, I, got, but, uh, I took away the sign-in sheet and got them out of here before you, uh, <laughs> you arrived. All right, look, great to spend some time with you, Scott. It's fascinating, isn't it, Dan? You're a um, Fetch customer and you, you like what they offer you. Yeah? Oh, yeah, no, I really like the product and I'm very keen to see where it's going over the next year and a half because I think this is big times for Fetch. Yeah, and hey, listen, I think for a lot of people listening, we really like feedback. You know, there's no, there's no certain expert in this. We've, we've got some trends right and we've got some trends wrong hmm. and um, you know engaging with the media community and figuring out what where are the growth opportunities where are the consumer behavior shifting um, Dan does give us a lot of feedback um, as an avid user um, and we look we value that you'd be quite surprised how many of the enhancements we've made have come from industry sources who've said hey wouldn't it be great if you could and uh, we action that yeah well we're gonna have a conversation about movie box in a short while <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad. And tell me, just tell me which movies you like, and we'll keep you happy. Uh, okay. <laughs> a special Dan fun. We'll, we'll wind up there, Scott. Great to see you again. Thank Great. you, mate.